Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. My name is Bella and we're here for another week, which is very exciting. Today is currently Friday. It's been a good week. It's been... It's been a week. I would say it has been good, like majority good. I've started... I have three different journals. I think it is excessive, my need to have different journals for things. Like, I don't actually know why I think putting things in different journals is really important. But it's something that is important to me. Like, I can't... I have one journal that is just for writing down my, like, daily goals and my gratitude thing. Because I realised... Right, no, I'll explain that. So that's my first journal. My second journal is my thought journal, my writing journal, the ones where I just, like, word vomit on. And I do that every day. Or I do all of them every day, to be fair. And then my third journal is my one with, like, my dates and things that are going on in my life in. Like, I put events in it. And then next to each page is, like, next to each, like, day is a bit to write on. And I just write down the things I've done because it's not really, like, my thought. It's, like, a little snapshot. It's, like... Brief snapshot into my brain, big snapshot into my brain in the white journal. And I don't know why, but I just feel like it's nicer. Because I realised, with the journal where I write down, this is probably so boring. This is such dull conversation, but I'm going to tell you anyway. In the journal that I write down my goals and my gratitude list, I realised I was just blocking up my nice journal. Like, you know, it doesn't need to be nice for that one, because it's kind of like every single day, pretty similar stuff. So it can all stay in that one. But... Let's go to the life update for this week. It's been, as I said, it's been a good... Oh, this is why I came onto the journals. My ratings for this week have varied between 6 out of 10 to an 8 out of 10. I had an 8 out of 10 day one day, and that was that was a really good day, to be honest. It started out well. Monday was a good day. I don't know why Monday was good. Oh, no, actually. Was Monday a good day? I can't even remember what Monday was. All of the days are slowly blurring into one, and it's like getting faster and faster and faster and faster. Monday was a good day because my housemate came back. They both left me for an entire weekend and she came back on Monday. So that was lovely. And then her boyfriend came on Tuesday and bought us jerk food from this really great place in Bristol. Um, So that was, I think it's called Rice and Things. It was delicious. So we had that on Tuesday and that made Tuesday a really good day. I remember that made Tuesday a solid 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10 even, although I had a meeting about my essay for medical anthropology. Mm. She said I was trying to fit too much in, that it wasn't like very like, she was like, I am concerned that you're trying to write about too many things. And I was like, "Mm, I am also concerned. I am also slightly stressed about it. But as I said, it's a really interesting question. We're getting taught about, so I have chosen an essay on what the uh, no sorry explain how knowledge has been knowledge of illness and disease has been used to control and organize populations and I was like that is so interesting so it's obviously talking about not actually like population control like making sure the population is limited like birth control it's like used to organize and control populations in terms of like populations as a whole and it's been a really interesting essay to write and kind of explore the different ways that kind of what is knowledge, how has knowledge come into being and the ways that knowledge, how we've accepted it as truth, but it's not actually truth that all knowledge is really subjective and all knowledge is informed by narratives that have been prevailing in our society. And I found it a really interesting one to write because I've illustrated it with ADHD and it's been really interesting to kind of write, write the point and then be like, this is illustrated with it. Like one point that I found really interesting to write is the, on this thing called regimes of truth and narratives. So the regime of truth was introduced by Foucault. I don't know how to say the name. 
Michel Foucault. Foucault uh, F-A-U-C-A-U-L-T. Google him. He was an anthropologist, I want to say. No, I don't think he was. I think he was a philosopher. I don't know. He was a person who wrote about these types of things. And I'm sure Wikipedia will provide a much better... Anyway, I didn't come to give you a thing on that. He came up with this like concept of the regime of truth that... Whatever you believe is a truth is subjective to the cultural, societal and like your own beliefs. Like it's subjective to you of what you've been in, uh, like what you've experienced and how that can kind of play into the knowledge. Like the tracks that you're on in life, the kind of knowledge that you have and the opinions that you have on something, that will implicate what research and what knowledge you then prioritise. And then you will carry on and it means that these tracks that we stay on, particularly in terms of like knowledge and illness... That will mean that certain things get prioritised, which means if you are not prioritised in that narrative, often diseases relative to you won't get further researched. And anyway, I illustrated this point with ADHD because I think it's really interesting that male symptomology has been prioritised. Like ADHD was classified as like a mainly like a male dominated disease because typically men um had these symptoms like more obviously and so it's kind of like it was thought was like a male dominated disease for so many years which has led to a chronic underdiagnosis of ADHD in women and then I found this really interesting paper that was talking about how ADHD in women is that to do with like the narratives of our patriarchal society in the kind of the gender norms that we've associated to men and to women women to be more like subdued having to um like not show their symptoms because for fear of like backlash for them whereas the male is told to be like more dominant more like less likely to be controlled like that type of typical patriarchal society which makes sense with them being able to perform their ADHD diagnosis more directly in visualization of society because they're not scared of the consequences but anyway that wasn't I just think that's really interesting just just to think about I'm not saying it's right or wrong I just think medical anthropology as a subject has made me really question everything and it's been a really good one to improve my understanding of these fundamental things we believe as facts are they actually facts and what are the implications of society on creating these facts but the point I did want to make was about the narratives of having a patriarchal society and deciding that it was a male-dominated disease led to an chronic, again, as I said, undiagnosed for ADHD in women, but also an under, like, we didn't know that much about ADHD in women because science was always viewed from a male perspective, which meant male symptomologies had been prioritised because that was viewed as the kind of universal symptomology. But in the universal symptomology, it was actually the male symptomology. And you can even see this when you look through, like, the diagrams and old picture booklets often the female like what the female looks like is a duplicate of the male but different not like two different bodies created differently like the male body copied and pasted then edited with the female on and I think that's a really interesting to think about how the male was viewed as the original and the female was like a differentiate like a variation of the original rather than two separate beings entirely um, I feel like I've just gone on a massive medical anthro ramble for you all and maybe it's really boring to everyone else but me but I think it's so interesting and I'd never considered any of this before so the essay is going well uh, I should probably leave it there as I have rambled for about five minutes but it's a really interesting topic and I'm really enjoying writing it it's just hard to kind of gather your thoughts on it all you know there's a lot of things to consider a lot of things to kind of get my head around and different readings and different perspectives and different ideas and there's a lot of papers and it's like oh kind of overwhelming especially I think like the ADHD is not helping in a situation like this where there is so many different things to think about and so many different kind of ideas and viewpoints and 
trying to construct an argument like that has been, I'm struggling with it, but I'm keeping going. I'm proud of myself. We're, we're soldiering on through. I've only got the conclusion left to write and then I've got to <laughs> cut out quite a lot of words, which is my biggest flaw. This time, rather than just writing the essay, I tried to like give myself word limits per paragraph so that it would like make me stay more on track. And it has, to be fair, but it's still not good, which is a bit of a letdown. In other news this week, oh, and then Wednesday, I ran a 10k accidentally. I really need to start checking maps because I just keep accidentally running really far and not prepping myself for it. I ran around the park, then I ended up running down a park that I didn't know about and it just went, it all ended up being quite far. But I think I'm kind of worried about my leg. One of my legs is really, really stiff and when I outstretch it, like it really hurts and I just don't want to like mess it up before the marathon so I'm gonna run a half marathon tomorrow realize that's kind of counterintuitive if I don't want to mess my leg up but I need to prove to myself that I can do it again so I'm just gonna wake up early and get it done and I'm you know I think this long running like long distance running is something that I'm gonna carry on doing because I think it's really good for my mental health I've noticed I'm a lot less anxious when I'm doing sport which makes a lot more sense because it's the only time my brain can switch off um and I've noticed on the days, like, I had a rest day on Thursday, and I was just really anxious. Didn't feel good about myself. Didn't feel, didn't feel good. I think I need some form of movement every single day, which is a bit annoying. Cause sometimes I just wish I could just chill. But no. I think it's also hard, because when I go home, there's not really... I mean, like, when I go home home, there's so many really nice walks to go on. Like, I can go to the beach, I can go to the woods, I can drive somewhere... Lol, I would not drive anywhere. That would never happen. Even though I have my driving licence, it's never going to happen. I just... I am a passenger princess. I love being in the passenger seat. And my best friend likes driving. And my boyfriend likes driving. And I like being in the passenger, okay? I do not see how anyone, anyone, could argue that being in the driver's seat is more fun. You actually have to concentrate in the driver's seat. When I'm in the passenger seat, music, I get to choose. Snacks, I get to choose. Can go on my phone. Can call someone. I wouldn't call someone because that would be very rude. But you know, the opportunity is there. When I'm driving, I'm so stressed. I'm so anxious. It's it's not a fun experience, to be honest. Like, I'm not, I'm not a fan. I'm really not a fan. So I probably wouldn't drive anywhere. But I would get someone to drive me somewhere. See, that's a, that, that works out well. That, but this was my initial point, was that here there's not really anywhere to do that. So when I don't go to the gym in the morning... I'm not just going to go for a walk on the Thames. I mean, I could, but it's a bit of a trek, you know? Like, that's quite far to go. So I'm probably not going to do that. So I feel like I just end up not doing anything that day, which doesn't serve me very well. But we move. It's, it's all, it's all going to work out. I'm just stressed because my exam is rapidly... Like, this time next week, I will have finished my exam. <gasps> dun, dun, dun! I was meant to... I don't know when I'm going to do the podcast next week. Next week is a held week for me. But um, we're not going to talk about it now. We're just going to ignore. And there's also... No, I'm not even thinking about my to-do list to do. We're not, we're not thinking about any of it. Other... Oh, my God. How can I have been talking for this long and not let you all know? I'm just typing in my password on my laptop because I realised... Right, this is, there is this issue that I... I don't really plan where the podcasts are going to go. And I think maybe that's unprofessional. Maybe I should be planning. Maybe that is not okay. But, you know, we're here now, so it's fine. Um, two things. First thing, last week, I smashed my laptop. Can we just... 
And are you ready for the most unlucky story you have ever heard? So, this tiny piece of metal, tiny, it was like a little circle, but it had like, it was like a, it was obviously like, you know, from a zip, the part that connects the zippy part to the part that's onto your clothes. It was like a little hoop like that. And it slightly come undone and it was lifting up at the top. And I didn't like see it because it was that small and it got caught in the bendy part of my laptop. And I shut my laptop screen and I just heard a, and I was like, what was that? What was that? Opened it up. There is a hole in my laptop screen at the bottom now. There is a hole in it. So I've just covered it in duct tape. And I just, I, I can't be dealing with that right now. I can't. I cannot afford to get a new laptop screen completed. Absolutely not. No chance. So I'm just, you know, we're just ignoring that at the time being. We're just, that is one issue. But it's not a big issue. <gasps> Another good thing that happened is I got my stats result back and I did well in it. And I, that stats exam pushed me over the edge. Like, and I really, I did. So last term, I struggled with maths and it really knocked my confidence. Like I didn't do very well in an exam and it really knocked my confidence. And now I've done this new thing. Like I had the harder assessment in it, but I worked really hard on it and I got a better grade than I did last time. And I was like, I'm so happy. Like, I feel really proud of myself for that because it was something that I like, I really struggled with. I've always told myself I'm really bad at maths and I think that's starting to like that's a bad thing to be telling yourself because it just makes you think you're really shitty and it doesn't help your mindset and it doesn't help you solve things. So that's not been very good. But the thing I really wanted to talk about was my traumatic morning yesterday. In which by half nine in the morning, no, half six in the morning, I called nine nine nine. It was horrific. It was horrific. So I woke up very sleep deprived state because my boyfriend had called me at like 2am and we'd had a chat and then I went to sleep and I woke up three hours later. So, woke up, was tired, very tired. When I'm tired, I'm a bit grumpy, I can't lie, and I'm very like not functional. And in order to turn my alarm off, I just pressed the button, but rather than press it once, I pressed it three times, didn't really notice what I was doing. And then all of a sudden... I just heard this kind of like, hello, hello, is everything all right? Hello. And I was lying there with my eyes closed, like, what is going on? My phone had initiated that distress signal, which had meant it had called the police operator. And because I had gone back to sleep, because I didn't know any of this is happening, I hadn't realised. And then, get this, my phone screen locked itself So I couldn't end the call. It wasn't responding to me at all. I'm now wondering if I was doing something really stupid because I was so sleep deprived. But every time they hung up, it recalled them and it kept recalling and it kept recalling and it kept recalling. So in the end, I had to take my SIM card out. That was the only option. I had to take my SIM card out and just lie there and think that. That was a very stressful start to the morning. And then it alerted all of my emergency contacts. They were like... Isabella Clements has alerted you that she is like in an emergency situation. She needs your help, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, this is not, this is not a good start to the day. It's really not a good start. But in other news, this week was good. I think those things have made the week a bit like, eh. But it has, it has been a good week. Trying to stay positive. Trying to start a new manifestation thing of me being like, I am open to new experiences. Rather than saying what I want to happen, being like open to anything that could happen. Because I think that, I've been a bit like, I don't want to say bored, 
but like very uninspired creatively recently, very uninspired. And I've just got a burst of creative inspiration again yesterday. And I want to start creating different types of content for TikTok. I think I've just been bored recently with the content I've been creating. And I don't look like I wasn't looking forward to creating it anymore because I've done it so many times. Um, So this is like a nice transition. I'm trying to mix it up a bit at the moment. So if you do see any, because the TikTok's not, it's not going badly, but like it's not going as well as it was because I'm changing things up, which means it doesn't get the same level of interaction. And TikTok only shows your video to people if it gets good interaction levels. If you see something, can you like it? Because then it might like make TikTok boost me again. And I really want to reach 50K. Like I've been sat at 45 and a half thousand followers for so long now. Like, so long and I'm literally climbing like 100 followers a week which means I I can't ha- it can't take me a year to get to 50k I, it can't it can't I can't grow by 48,000 followers in one year and grow by 1,000 in the next year that's embarrassing that's a poor attempt by me so no I've got to try harder with that but you know other things are in life going well. I'm feeling more inspired now. I think I've let myself be uninspired and bored with it. And now I feel quite inspired. If that makes sense, I feel like I'd not a full like 360. I feel like I want to create content, which is good. I'm glad because I think that I think I was I think I was worried about it. Like whether like whether my heart was in it or whether my heart wasn't in it and like the implications of that. I think I was slightly concerned that my heart just wasn't like it. My heart is obviously in the content creation, creating everything and I love it, but I'm just burnt out. And you know, when like your heart isn't in anything, but now I've kind of gone a full three, 180 and now really want to create content and do work and feel excited again. So that's good. Being totally transparent, this week has been a hard week and mentally I've been a bit like a bit up and down. I've had good days. The days have been good. And like, I've been like, it has been a good week. Like, it has been a good week. Good things have happened. But emotionally, I have felt quite like drained with everything, quite tired, quite anxious. I felt anxious a lot. And I have cried twice. I think I've cried twice. Mm, Once. Once properly. The second time wasn't really proper. And I think it's probably to do with my period coming. I'm thinking that's probably what's going to happen because I have a spot on my cheek and I only get those when I'm on my period. So because I'm on the coil, I just don't really know when I'm on my period anymore. Like, I'm not going to lie, don't really know when that's happening. But I'm, I'm thinking it's now because I feel so emotional about everything. On top of also being burnt out and feeling emotional. But that's kind of why... Oh, there's just a lot going on right now in terms of life and what I want to do. And it's just a bit like, mm, it's fine, but it's also really hard. And this is why this week's podcast, this week's podcast episode is on being content where you are and kind of like learning to like love the present moment that you're in because it's something that I'm really struggling with, not going to lie. It's something that I'm not good at and I'm really struggling with and I need to learn to change it because otherwise life's going to pass me by and that's not that's not what I want. But anyway, onto the content part of this week's podcast episode, which is learning to love where you are. Okay, tiny, tiny little break. Before we move on to the content part of this week's podcast, please, if you haven't already, can you subscribe to the podcast, give it a review and then follow me on Instagram and on TikTok if that's possible, because we have reached, in, I got this new thing, and I can see how many people follow me, 3,000 subscribers to the podcast now, 
I'm sorry, that's so exciting, but I want to get it to 4,000, like, I have big dreams, and if so many more of you subscribe, then that would mean so much to me, because also, the people who want to work with the podcast, it means I can, like, show them actual quantifiable data about why they should work with me, because we think they should work with the podcast, but I need to convince them, so it would massively help me, and it also really helps more people find me, which means they can join our community of really lovely people, and then we can be even bigger and better, and it would just be great, so if you can follow me, if you can press subscribe, if you can give a review, then please do, because it really, like, it really helps, it's such a small thing to do, but now I'm, like, on the receiving end, I'm realising how impactful it is, so I've gone and followed every single podcast I listen to, because it has such a big impact on the things you can do with the podcast, it's really important, so yeah, anyway, on to the content weeks for this week's podcast. So this week, we are chatting about being content in the present moment, and being content in the knowledge that you don't know what's coming because it's something that I am struggling with no matter how much I realise it's important and it's something that I'm starting to wonder will I always kind of be not well is this something I'm always going to struggle with I hope not I hope at some point I learn to be in the present moment but I'm just finding it I just find it so hard and I think it's definitely something like it kind of, I don't know why I've struggled with it so much this week, but I think especially being in a long distance relationship, it's something that kind of makes you think about the future more because I think you start to question like, when do your lives start to cross over and when's that gonna, when's it all gonna come together? And it's something that there's so much uncertainty with that it's kind of like a futile conversation like we'll have the conversation and then we'll realize that there's there's no point talking about it because you're not going to come up with the final solution and whatever solution you come up with will not be the thing that happens you're just trying to create a fake plan about what's going to happen to give you both the security and the confidence in what's going on in your lives to know that it will come together at some point but rather than having a plan and feeling that control through a plan I'm now realizing you have to have feel that comfort through just a feeling and a knowledge that you love each other and that's going to be okay. And I think it kind of plays into everything, this idea of me not knowing what I'm going to do. I've got to stop finding comfort in the plan and I've got to start finding comfort in everything that I've set up for myself and how that's all going to come into play and how everything will work together to create a future that's so much more exciting than I can even imagine. And the thing about it is is that I'm very aware, I'm, I'm so aware that if you plan your future, if you plan what you want to happen, like you limit what you can't have in your life, and it would be something that I tell all of you guys, like I know, I get it, I understand it, I understand the logic behind it, but God do I love a plan, I love a plan, a plan is like wearing a seatbelt, it's like everything's gonna be okay, everything's gonna be fine, and I don't know why, I don't know why I've associated having a plan with everything being okay, but I really have. And it is something that is like locked and loaded in my brain. Like if I have a plan, everything's going to work out. And I think it's because if I have a plan, then I can make everything go towards that end goal, which normally means that everything does work out. And when I don't have a plan, I tend to feel like I don't know how everything's going to come together. And I find can find that tricky. And I think... I can find it tricky wondering how it's all going to come together. But then that's silly. This is it. This is what I'm just, I'm just slowly getting a bit irritated at myself because I'm just like creating all these fake scenarios in my head about the worst case scenario and how like what my future could be, what my future couldn't be, where it's all going to come together and just worrying about it and feeling really, really sad about hypothetical situations. Me and my friends were talking earlier at lunch about like the 
danger of hypothetical situations because you can literally convince yourself that something is a truth and you can catastrophize a situation but you can convince yourself that's what's going to happen which can lead to disappointment and it can lead to like massive overreactions to certain things because you're so overly worried about something that isn't even going to happen and I think that's something that I'm very aware of that I'm doing like I'm very aware that the dangers of overthinking and the dangers that these this type of line of thought can have because this is the other thing these hypothetical situations that I create in my head about like where I want my future to go it's really great to like visualize and dream and manifest these things but as soon as you start including other people in these dreams and manifestations you somehow now create expectations of them that they're not even aware of and that they have never agreed to but you start creating expectations to them and I have found myself expecting things to fall into like life a certain way, even if I haven't had that conversation, I'm expecting it. And then when it doesn't happen, I'm disappointed. And I'm like, why am I disappointed? They never even agreed to it. I just convinced myself that they agreed to it because I needed to have a plan about how things could all come together. And it's just this constant cycle of that. I'm becoming more and more aware. I think this is the kind of cool thing about getting older is that you become more aware of how your brain works. I'm going to put my legs on the chair. No, I'm not, actually. That's really uncomfortable. Um, You become more aware of how your brain works. You become more aware of, like, the flaws in your brain. Uh, Not the flaws. It's not flaws. It's just how it works. And more aware of how those ways that it can work can affect you. And I think this, these visualisation scenarios that I... I'm not sure I understand. Oh, my God. It's been recording so much. That is the biggest paragraph I have ever seen. It, my watch has been recording for so long. I'm sure you don't understand, Siri. No one understands. I don't even understand. I think these scenarios, as much as they are nice to provide a comfort blanket and like exciting to think about how the possibility of that scenario can happen and could be, it's also really important not to create any expectation with them and be very aware that these are just scenarios in your head. It's very, like, be excited about them, hope for them, manifest them. I'm not saying, like, don't dream, but I'm just saying don't, don't, like, create so many expectations with it because that's the thing that's, like, scary about it is that you can create expectations with them and that places people in a really uncomfortable position because somehow they're letting you down for a situation they never even agreed to, and that's tricky. I think this need to have a plan is something that I've always struggled with, and I think about kind of like my life and how it's played out and I've always known what I was going to do and I liked knowing what I was going to do I always liked knowing what I was going to do even for like I remember when I went on holiday with my ex and like we went away for a month and we went traveling around Greece and we went around Italy and most like the itinerary I created was ridiculous Like, it was so much of a plan because I guess I was kind of nervous about going away and I didn't know how how many other ways I could control that other than providing, like, a really intense plan about what we were doing. And I think this is something that I've noticed that even when I was at school, I wanted a career path plan. I wanted to know exactly what I was going to do and I wanted to know how I could do it. And I needed to know how everything I was doing could feed into that end goal. I think it's because when you know where you're going, you can feel more motivated about something, but... I'm just realising more and more that I'm not really... I don't know what I want to do and I just need to be motivated by the knowledge that it will all work out. I keep coming back to this line of thought and I'm probably going to say it over and over again because I'm kind of realising it's a f- not. It's an issue. Like, I need to change my way of thinking about things like that. And so this is what I'm realising is that 
these ideas of how I control my life aren't really methods of control. They're just methods of control that I think. They're not real. They're not actual. They're not a plan. And I think about the times where I haven't had a plan. My year off. Did I have a plan for that? Well, first off, I was going to get a job at the hospital. I didn't get even an interview. I applied. There was literally like the perfect role. It's like microbiologist working in a lab, doing diagnostics. Didn't even get an interview. Then I applied working at Sainsbury's. Was that my plan? No. I had a first class degree with like honours. Like I had worked so hard and I was like, I'm going to be able to get in. Like I'm going to be able to get in with like a career start, start job like somewhere on the career path and I didn't get in anywhere and like that wasn't the plan but it was perfect it was a great job and it worked for me for the time being but from that I got the internship and I guess I joined LSHTM and I didn't know how it was all going to work out but I guess it is slowly making me realize the entire world of like public health and of data surveillance and like data scientist I think I might want to be a data scientist slowly learning learning I'm slowly learning more about it and I'm just realizing that it's kind of like pulls on all of my strengths so a data engineer is someone who like analyzes big data and creates their like they do the coding I'm not I'm not great I don't know why I'm repeating words loads I think I'm just thinking aloud a lot I'm my strengths aren't writing code and creating code my strengths are using what other people have done to analyse things and spot patterns and then tell this to other people. I'm really good at like talking. I love talking, as you can probably tell. And so I've been thinking a lot about that as a potential career path. I was talking a lot about this to my sister. We had a call yesterday and, well, no, to finish that point of like, no matter what you do, whatever you start, you think it's your security, your comfort blanket because it is your plan. But it always ends up leading to something that you didn't expect. And I think this is the thing that I'm realising in all of these paths that I've had in life, in all of these kind of places that I've ended up, it has never been the place that I thought it actually would. It's always been a version of that that's normally so much better than I even imagined. And it's exciting to be aware of that. It's also okay to still be scared about it. I don't know why I still find change and like uncertainty so scary, but I find it really scary. I really need to learn to be more of a fan. I was talking to my sister yesterday and... I was just explaining that there's a few things that I want to apply for, like, and just talking to her about the different jobs, blah, 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 blah. And then she was like, it's really funny, isn't it, how no matter when, like, when you're at the stage, when you, this time last year, when you were applying for your master's, you, you thought, like, that was it. Once I applied to my master's, like, that is my career path sorted. And now I'm here and it's like, I really thought I'd know what I was going to do and now I have no idea and now I'm applying to all different things. And I'm slowly realising that growth, that life is an iterative process. It's not, it's not a one-size-fits-all. It's, like, it's not a one size fits all. It's like not a tick-box exercise where you'll do one thing and it'll all lead together and it's going to be fine. It's messy and it's iterative and it goes round and round and you might do the same things once and then twice and then you might change and then you might go back and you might go forward and then you might change things all entirely and then start from the beginning it's not going to be a constant step in the right direction towards this certain thing per se but it's always a step in the right direction of kind of finding out and narrowing it down to where you actually want to be in life and where you want to go that's a nice way to think about it I'm re- I'd never really thought of it like that. I think the thing that kind of worries me about my future is like 
knowing what I want to do and making sure that I'm constantly taking the right steps before that. But maybe the end goal needs to stop being my career and my final place I'll end up. Maybe the end point needs to be finally knowing who I am and what I want to do in the world and being content where I am. And each step, no matter how irrelevant or relevant they are to my career or the things that are like, I really like have high aspirations for, I guess, no matter how different they are to that, at some level, they're pointing me into getting to know myself more. And I guess that's the true end goal. I think this is a thing that I really wanted to chat about. It's like, what are your end goals and how to become more content in those and knowing that that will always work out. Does that even make sense? The whole point of this episode is how to become more content in like your current position. And I think I'm slowly realising that maybe it's not having a plan. Maybe it's not knowing exactly what you're doing. Maybe the comfort isn't in that. The comfort isn't working out what the solution is. The comfort is being okay with not knowing the solution, being okay with the unknown, being okay when things don't go to plan, being okay when things change because you've got to stop being so attached to this goal at the end of the tunnel, the light at the end of the tunnel, I mean, because that's not really the goal. The career, the, I don't know, these things that I have and these goals I have in my life, although they'd be really incredible to achieve, they're not the thing that I should be pursuing ultimately the only thing that matters is your relationship with yourself and getting to know yourself that's the really important thing and I think this is what this is how maybe you become more content and I mean I don't know the answers this is just me my thoughts on the thing I really don't know the answers but maybe the contentness and the clarity and the comfort is actually in realizing that this journey that you're on this place where you're going to you're never going to reach an end point You're never going to get there. You're constantly going to be evolving and changing and growing and you're going to change with it. And with that, your wants and your needs and your desires and the things you have will change too. And that's going to mean letting go of some things and creating other things, you know? It's going to mean letting go of some dreams. And I think this is why, like, the importance of being content where you are and stop trying to, like, rush past everything is realising that there's no place that you're rushing to. No matter what point you're in, you're always going to be thinking about a new endpoint. When I start a new job, it'll be the endpoints of projects. When I finish the projects, it'll be new projects. When it'll be new projects, it might be the next step in the career ladder. There's always another step you can go to, but you've really got to find comfort in the journey rather than in the steps because the steps will never end. And at some point, you'll become burnt out and unmotivated because the motivators behind you climbing the steps were to constantly reach the next level. And as soon as you realise that you're never going to reach the final level, as soon as you realise you're there's never going to be a top because the top is always evolving, then you're going to feel so unmotivated. But if you can find that motivation within yourself, if you can find that want to carry on and that want to keep going because you want to get to know yourself and you recognise that in yourself you will never know yourself fully, that that journey is never going to end, then I think it's easier to stay motivated for. Maybe that's Maybe that's silly. I don't think it's silly, though. I think it's the truth. I think, well, it's my truth anyway. And I'm not speaking for everyone, but I think that's what I need to change about my line of thinking, is realising that I've been, re- I've been wishing things away recently, saying that, like, I can't wait for this Masters to be over, I can't wait for it to be finished, but it's part of my journey, and it's letting me know so much more about myself, and it's created, like, such incredible friendships and really has, like, fully changed my life and open up so many doors and I don't want to be 
constantly wishing that side of my life away when it's like had such a positive impact on my life, you know? I need to stop wishing things away. I've really been wishing things away recently. And I guess that also comes with the uncertainty about like being long distance and wondering whether our lives will ever match up. I guess that one is tricky because I guess the end goal is to have a place together and to be together in the same place. But the end goal of any relationship is to feel like love for someone and for them to love you and to get to know more about yourself as you get to know more about them. I think that's, I guess, ultimately the end goal of all relationships is to care for someone, to love someone, to feel that care and love for yourself, to find that sense of belonging with someone else. But also in that, in that finding that belonging with someone else is getting to know who you are through loving someone else. And maybe if we all shift these focuses of what our end goals are from being so kind of like outside world there's this thing called like emic view and etic view no actually I don't think it applies here but this idea of rather than looking out looking in making it an individualized problem rather than like a populational problem because it's not your issues these things that you're feeling right now my need to have a plan my need to control my outcome it's placing so much value in the outside world and what the outside world can provide you with but ultimately your point on this earth is to get to know yourself it's to get to know you it's to get to know where you're going it's to get to know what you're doing so if you start placing the value in that you realize that you are on track and that you can never really be off track i think this is the other thing it's letting go of the idea that your dreams have to stay the same forever because they don't It's been something I've been thinking about a lot, really, about how my wants and needs and goals as a person have evolved so much over my life. And that meant letting go from things which I really wanted to happen. But in letting go of them, it meant that other things could happen. It meant that other things I'd never even imagined of could happen. Like, you know, it's like this iterative process of you let go of dreams, but it doesn't mean that they can't come back because nothing nothing is like concrete. I think that's a nice way to think about it. And I think it's important to transition these goals, to transition, not goals, to transition the power that you place in everything you can achieve in the outside world. It's really important to put some of that power back in yourself and realise, like, I've been asking myself recently, like, a lot of, like, what's the point? What's the point with this, you know? And it's it sounds maybe like a deep, sad sort, but it's not. I'm not meaning it in, like, like, why am I doing this? I'm just trying to find a deeper meaning to the things that I'm doing other than just getting a grade on a piece of paper so I can apply to a job. Like, there has to be something more than just numbers on papers. There has to mean something more to this. And I'm starting to realise I'm learning more about myself as a person. And I'm proving to myself I can do these things. I'm proving to myself that I can do hard things. It's like, why did I run 13 miles? Why did I do that? Because I wanted to prove to myself I can do hard things. And I think... In doing that was kind of like a big motivator in realising that, you know what, I'm going to be just fine. Everything is going to work out okay and I find comfort in knowing that everything is going to work out okay because I will always be okay. I'm not saying if I'm okay, I am everything, but I'm saying that maybe I've laboured this point too much. Maybe I've gone on about it for too long, but the benefit of having all of those thoughts and those motivating facts in yourself is, I mean, you're constantly motivated because you're constantly growing, you're constantly evolving. And I guess that's how you find safety and not not safety. But I guess if you start realising that you are your own seatbelt, you are the person getting you from A to B and you're going to get yourself there okay and it is all going to be okay because you are there. You're the common denominator with it all. You're going to be just fine. I think that helps me. I think that's going to help me. You know, I actually feel 
so much better after this little pep talk to myself about how my life is going to work out and how everything is going to be okay and how realistically I need to put stop putting so much like power and pressure on these outside things and realize that the only things that are important is the relationship I have with myself because that's the thing you start with that's the thing you end with that's the thing you can really truly control so as long as your motivating factors are always to improve that then I guess it's good it's okay not to know where you're going you are still in control just of yourself maybe that makes no sense maybe it does make sense I don't know I'm just trying to find ways to comfort myself and I think this actually no I think it does make sense I think it does. I really think it does. I think in doing this and placing so much like emphasis on you, on realising that the end goal is not to get to a certain point in your life of things, it's just to get to know yourself. That's the entire end goal of all of life is to get to know yourself and with that knowledge of yourself to do great things with it. I think it takes away that expectation you have on other people to abide by a certain plan. Because if they don't abide by a certain plan, it might be disappointing, but it doesn't affect who you are as a person. It doesn't lose that sense of control because you're still going to be able to know who you are. You're still going to be able to do great things. And I think it also means that you can let go of these ideas of what forever plans are because you no longer have so much expectation on them and the need for them to happen because you think if they don't happen, then the world's going to come crashing down. That's not the case. So I think biggest piece of advice, if you're struggling to feel content in the present moment, if you're really trying to like, you're extrapolizing, extrapolizing, that is not a word, you're extrapolating your life, and you don't know how it's all going to come together, realizing that the coming together isn't the end goal, it's never going to all come together, because your life is going to fully change, you know, your life is constantly evolving, so how can it all come together like a crescendo, it's not going to crescendo, it's just going to be a constant, constant, constant crescendo throughout your life that vary in like tone and pitch and the instruments that are involved, everything is going to change, imagine your life is like a classical music piece. As it starts, it starts softer when there's less instruments, when there's less things going on. But slowly and surely, all of these different things start to come into play. New instruments start. They pick up speed. Life gets faster. But ultimately, all of these things will never end stop. They'll just keep going and things will be added and the sound will change and the music piece will evolve until it becomes a version of you that you would have no idea who this would have been. It becomes a version of your future you could never have predicted because you had no idea which instruments were going to come into the crescendo. You know? I think that's the thing. Stop putting so much focus on it all coming together and working out in the end because the end will never come. It will all work out in the end because you will create an incredible life for yourself. But there's not going to be a point where everything just stops. You know something really sad? I used to be like, I cannot wait for retirement when it's all over, when I can just suit myself. That is such a sad way of living. That is such a sad way of living. I don't want any of us to feel like that. I don't want any of us to do that. You know, I need to stop this. But anyway, let's go on to the questions for this week's podcast. So on to the question part for this week's podcast episode. So the first question I want to ask, I want to ask, no, I want to answer. Let's look. Okay. How to stop comparing to other people's journey. I used to be such, I used to be so bad for this, comparing myself to other people's lives and really, really bad for this. And I think it's so much easier when you're at like school, particularly, even at university, it's easier. But as soon as you leave uni, you realize that like, 
you are all on completely different paths, so you can't even compare anymore. I think when you're in school, because you're all at the same, like you're surrounded with people who are similar ages, and even at university, majority of people are similar ages. I know not everyone, but majority of people are similar ages. And so you're constantly comparing yourself to people around you because there are some things that you can compare on because you think, oh, we're the same age, we should be doing the thing. Now I'm at my master's and they're literally like, there's such variation in the age. There's people who are 50 doing their master's, there are people who are 30 doing their master's. I'm like, I'm 20 two doing my master's, got friends who are 21, 20, like 30, everyone of every age is doing a master's, like there's no real commonality between the ages and that has made me realise that you can't compare your path to anyone else's because all of our lives are so different and it's also realising that your lives are so different and just because you're doing something different doesn't make it better or worse. I was speaking to a lady yesterday about like what she, she comes to do the master's later and She'd had an entire career before this and she'd done so many incredible things, but like she'd come to do the masters later. I've come to do the masters earlier. There's no, you can't, like, I think you stop comparing yourself to others once you realise there's really, although you think you can compare, you think there are commonalities, there are not commonalities, okay? All you have in common is the same age, you know? There's nothing in common. You're doing different things at uni. You're doing. You have different interests. You have different friends. You have different families. You have different lives, and I think as soon as you realise that the comparison isn't actually a comparison, it's like comparing a chair with a table. You know, it's not really a comparison. It's just two things. You can appreciate the two things, and you can see that someone else is doing something, and think, oh, I'm really interested in that. And if you feel that like tug of jealousy of like, oh, I feel like I should be doing that, unpack it. Why do you think you should be doing it and where does it stem from? Unpacking things and asking where my emotions have come from and trying to like get to know myself a bit better in that way can be a really good thing because I think jealousy highlights what you think you're missing in your life and also makes you more motivated. Like, and that can be really motivating to get you back into an area where you feel more content. It could expose something about yourself that you're not happy with that you're unaware of. And I think that's when comparison, I guess you can switch it into being a good thing, but fundamentally stop comparing because it's really no comparison. There really isn't anything that you guys can compare to. Okay, how do you focus on living in the moment rather than worrying over the future? Well, this was a good podcast episode for that. That's for sure. I think what I've spoken about this entire podcast episode is realising that the end goal isn't ever going to be an end goal. It's constantly evolving. So realising the end goal is just getting to know yourself and as long as you're carrying on getting to know yourself, as long as you're making yourself happy, as long as you're learning new things about yourself, then I think you become more focused on living in the moment because you're not constantly trying to motivate yourself into getting into these, like, do these certain things, you know? You're not constantly worrying about the next thing that you're doing because you're realising the benefit of the current thing you're doing has on your life. But I really, I'm really bad at this. Like, I'm really bad at living in the moment. Really shocking, actually. I'm trying to get better but it's not, I feel like I'm always living two days ahead and that's not very good either. I guess it's a work in progress. You're aware of it though. I think that's the most important thing. As soon as I catch myself worrying, I'm like, take a deep breath. It's all going to be okay. It really, it's all going to work out and just got to trust in that, I guess. How do you deal with bad days? So I've kind of been noticing, first off, where my bad days stem from and where, like, why they stem from that. So my first thing I've realised is my bad days stem when I don't do any type of movement thing. When I just chill, I've spoken about this before, that doesn't really help me out mentally. That actually makes me eat worse. So I stopped doing that as much, which is good. I've kind of made myself more active and I've really like prioritised exercise. 
I think bad days, I give myself a lot of compassion and I'm kinder to myself. I used to be quite mean to myself when I had bad days because I would just be like, get a grip. Like, come on, you can do this. Stop being like so lazy about things. But yesterday I felt so anxious all day and I realised I'd been on my phone for so many hours, just like scrolling and it was bad. And before that, I'd probably have beat myself up about that, felt guilty about it because I felt like I should have used my time better. But this time I wasn't like that. I took a deep breath and I was like, ah, it's okay. You had a bad day today. It's not that deep. Tomorrow will be better. It's fine. And I think that can make the bad day not be prolonged. I think it's doing things proactively and preemptively to like stop the bad days. So for me, it's exercise. I don't know, for you, it might be like cooking or things that bring you that joy that alleviate kind of like some of the symptoms that can make you feel bad but then when you are having a bad day not extending the bad day any longer you don't need to feel guilty now for having a bad day you're feeling better and you should feel proud of yourself for feeling better and I think that helps it kind of move on I think sometimes I can prolong a bad day by feeling guilty and making myself work even harder the next day and that really doesn't help anyone okay next question the question box thing keeps going off because I talk too much I'm too chatty for this running tips E.g. how to get through the tough part of a run where you want to give up. Oh my God, this is such an interesting question because I have realised my I, I stopped running at five minutes. Five minutes. I used to not count a run if I like, I used to be so bad about stopping and being like, you can't, like, if you stop, then that's not a real run. Well, I think that's a lie. I, sometimes I just want to stop. And as soon as I realised that I could stop running whenever I wanted to stop, became so much less intimidating, so much less intimidating. I just stop whenever and then it's way less deep. I think I've realised it's six kilometres. That's when I get really tired and I get cramp and I have to walk a bit then. I get tired. I'm unenthusiastic about it. I don't really want to do it. But once I pass 10k, I'm fine. It's really weird. It's like the 6k to the 8k is when my legs are tired, I'm tired, I'm bored. But as soon as I've hit 10k, I'm like, I'm over halfway now. I can carry on running. It's fine. And then I just manage it all right. And I think the thing is, when I get to the hard part of running where you want to give up, have a walk for like two minutes, a minute, 30 seconds, 10 seconds, and then start again. I think that's helped me stay more motivated. It's kind of like when I really don't want to do it anymore, don't do it. But then also changing things up because like sometimes you do want to carry on going you just feel a bit bored about it so I kind of switch between like listening to a podcast or listening to one playlist to listening to another playlist having different variations of different types of music helps me like motivate myself if I just listen to the same playlist for two hours oh I get very bored so that's not that's not gonna happen um that would be my biggest tips okay let's go on to the secret questions Secret questions are always so interesting because it's like, what do people ask when they think I don't, like, when I can't know them, you know? Okay, let's go through. Hmm, let me find a good one. Okay, do you prefer to speak or listen? I really like listening. I really like listening. I love hearing about what people want to say and just being quiet and observing things. When I was a kid, my parents used to have dinner parties and like rather than playing, I just used to sit at the dinner party and just stop and listen and watch and observe and take everything in. And I think I've always really enjoyed listening and I think it's made me so much more observant, which is funny because it probably sounds like I prefer to speak. And I obviously I like speaking because I have a podcast. I love chatting about things. But I also find it really interesting just to watch people. And I find that, I can find that like more relaxing. Okay. Who are your best girlfriends? I don't know, you know, I have so many different friends. And I think 
all of them play such an important part in my life in different ways. I have my uni friends, I have my master's friends. I don't want to name names because, like, anonymity, that's not a word, anonymous. I, I, I can't speak. I'm so tired. I went to the gym so early this morning and now it is 10 to 7, but we're here recording the podcast. But I think my tips for, not tips, but like who are your best girlfriends is realising that you are going to create so many incredible friendships throughout your life. You are never going to have made them all. And a friend could literally be just around the corner. My housemates are some of the most important people in my life and I hadn't met them seven months ago. So, you know, it puts it in perspective. It really, really does. Okay. Let's see. Are you seeing anyone right now? Are you single? Guys, I've been in a long-term relationship for three years, okay? I've been off the market for so long. Let's have a look. Is everything okay? I'm worried about you. Everything is fine. I'm probably just being dramatic. No, I'm not being dramatic. That's invalidating how I'm feeling. I am good. It's so kind of you to care. I am I am doing good, you know? It's a lot. I'm doing so many things and I'm proud of myself for managing it all, you know? I'm doing the podcast and I'm trying to grow the podcast. I'm connecting with different things and that's exciting and it is going somewhere. But I'm also doing a massively full-time intensive master's and I'm also training for a half marathon. And I'm also working out what I want to do in my life. And I'm also planning this like trip that I'm going on. And you know, there's there's a lot of really, and then social life and then family and then maintaining a relationship and then like maintaining my mental health. You know, there is a lot going on, but I am doing okay. I am okay. You don't need to worry. Like, I am okay. But thank you for worrying. It's very kind of you. So on to the new things that I've done this week. New things I've done this week. I've started writing again, like, creatively. Like, writing my thoughts down, writing the poems again. Like, I always used to love writing. Oh, my God, what was that? I don't know what that was. I've started writing again, and I've stopped that doing that for, like, ages. I haven't done that for so long because I've just been writing about my thoughts, but I've realised that I need to do something more creative, because I'm feeling very creatively, like, dry at the moment, like, a bit bored, so I started writing last night, and, you know, I really liked it, I'm going to carry on, I'm, I really want to write a book, and I have so many thoughts about it, and I know exactly what I'd, be like, want the book to be, and I just think it would be so cute, I think it would have all of these, I don't know if I should say this, I'm going to say it, I want to write a book where it's like all of these thoughts and things that I write but like as a letter to my younger self and with it be like a workbook of like going through everything I just I have so many visions about how great it would be and it'd be something that I wish I had had as a younger child like a child no like as a going through your 20s just I just wish I'd had it I just wish I have it now you know I just wish I have something to work through and I think it would be such any of you guys know someone who they want to write a book for like please I want to write a book so let's let's collectively manifest this let's really collectively manifest this I've also with the Instagram TikTok's been changing up I've also realized because of the ADHD I'm so impulsive with things I just post things straight away I don't think about whether or not it's going to do well or not so that needs to be something that I change I need to grow a little bit with that I started a new book I went to the library on Sunday and I got a new book. Did I bring it? I don't think I brought it with me. But I got a new book. And that look, that's been good to start. I'm not going to lie. I haven't really been reading much this week. But it's just not been a reading week. That happens sometimes. You know when life gets in the way? I'm doing Quizlets on the train at the moment to re- revise for my exam. And I know that's super boring and not what you guys want to hear. But, you know, revision. I don't know why I'm playing with the thing that's literally right next to the microphone. That's going to sound shocking. Um... Revision has to come first sometimes, which means 
a little bit tired at the moment. Other new things I'd be doing, more longer runs and actually sticking to a gym schedule. Because beforehand, like, not going to lie, for the first month, I didn't really do, I don't really know what I did. And now I'm going. I want to start feeling like I'm working towards something. Like, I want to feel like I'm on track. So I've got a new gym plan. And I'm, I'm liking it, you know? No pressure. No, Like, it's not like an intense gym plan. It's just to give me a bit of structure. Because I get quite intimidated in the gym. Get quite scared. There's so many people around me who are so, like, big and know exactly what they're doing. And, like, are so aware of what they're doing. And there's little old me just like, what to do? I don't know what to do. So I've worked out a plan of what I do. So I feel more confident in the gym. And I've been enjoying that. It's making me stay more on track. But anyway, I need to go because it's St. Patrick's Day. And I want to go to the pub and drink some Guinness and have a nice evening. I'm going to have a little like few hours break from work, which will be really lovely. But thank you for listening. If you are not already, follow me on Instagram or on TikTok. Or if you have not yet subscribed to the podcast. It would mean so much to me if you could subscribe because we hit 3,000 subscribers earlier on this week and I'm so excited to have so many of you here with me and it's just, I don't know, it's just really cool to know that there's this many people of us, like such a community of us tuning in together and it makes me so happy and that community can be even bigger if you press subscribe and also if you follow me on Instagram and on TikTok because I love actually being able for us to connect on Instagram and on TikTok and if you do connect with me, if you do follow me, then it means you can answer the question part and be way more involved with the podcast. So I think you should do it, but maybe I'm biased. I hope you have a lovely week and I'll speak to you soon. I love you. Bye.